Have you have you seen Twitter? No. What? Moreno's been sacked from Vittoria. Oh, you were shitting me. We just done a whole bit where we said they look they have stability. Oh my god. Oh I love it. I love it. I hate I, it. I, you should just keep this in, man. You just play at the beginning. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, oh just my play god. this little clip at the beginning. It's just like, oh whoa. What a bloody waste of time. <laughs> I cannot believe it. That's classic. In the season preview show. Mid record. I mean, if, if that if that doesn't absolutely define doing a, a podcast about the Premier League, I don't know what does. <laughs> um all right, let's quickly finish this prediction. Yeah, let's get this done before somebody else gets sex. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, hello and welcome back to another series of the Long Ball Football Podcast, a weekly podcast by two brothers about all things football in Portugal. You're listening to myself, Albert, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Barney. How are you doing, Barney? How's things? How's your summer been? How are you feeling? I like how you're trying to make out that we're just doing this for the first time. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm as good as I was uh, last week when we recorded this for the first time. <laughs> just get, could, you, could you not have just given me two minutes? Just give me two minutes. Oh, dear. What a week it's been. It's been a week, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Barney is alluding to the fact that we have recorded a season preview show once before. In fact, we did. I think, what was it? It was at least two hours, wasn't it? It was a proper... Two and a half, a bit of a marathon. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's listened to the show for the last few series will know that we like to start the season with a uh, an in-depth season preview show where we go in-depth on every single team. And it's, it's it's hard work, but we really like to do it because we know that a lot of people that listen to the show don't follow every team really closely. And it's a really good way of getting people up to speed with uh, what to expect from all the teams in the league this season. We've done this. We've done the show for three whole seasons in a row, and we've never done anything like that. Nothing like that has ever happened. We recorded a two-hour show, hit the finish button, and then found out that half the audio hadn't recorded and it was unusable. In three years of doing this podcast, nothing like that has ever happened. So I guess we it was just our turn. Yeah, you know. it was bound to happen at some point. We had a good run. We had a good but run. hey, I'm I'm looking forward to doing this again. It was um, you know, it was it was it was great to go for all the teams last week. Um. We've perhaps learned a little. We've learned a, well, a fair bit in some cases since then. Um, there's obviously been a few more transfers, so yeah, we're hoping everyone can just get a, a rundown of every team in this league and learn maybe something they didn't know already about some of yeah. the smaller teams. Yeah, absolutely. So, in the spirit of honesty, like we said, this is the second time we're doing this. So, some of this stuff is going to be stuff we already said last week, but we have uh, changed our mind on a couple of things, even in the short space of time that the league's been going on. We're not going to cover any game content. We're going to have a normal episode of the Longball Football Podcast covering all of the first weekend's games. That'll be out on Wednesday. Um, but this is going to be our annual season preview show, previewing every team to start every team of this season's Premier League. Before we start, though, just a quick message, because... A new season is upon us and it gives us enough opportunity to talk to you, the listeners, about becoming a longball football socio. It's something we started last season. Um, it's a way that you can support us by becoming a longball football socio on our new Patreon page for one pound 
a month. We've got about 20 socios already. It's a really nice little community. Um, every week we do things with the community like uh, we have a weekly predictions league. You can predict the score lines for every game. And the person who gets the most correct gets the most points, finishes at the top of the table, and at the end of the season will win a prize. You also get big episodes early, uh, and it's just a great way to keep in touch with us and chat to us more directly than, than on Twitter. Um, you can do that by uh, following the link in the description to this podcast, and it's a great way to help us keep going as an independent DIY, extremely DIY at times uh, podcast. Uh, but let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into it. We are going to run through these teams in the order that they finished last season from top to bottom. And we are going to start with Benfica, who head, who head into another season as reigning champions. They won the league for the first time in quite a few years in emphatic fashion. Last season, everyone was very impressed with how they did. The quality they had in their squad, quality that they have on the bench, the quality that they've got in terms of manager and coaching staff. And I think, Barney, the take-home message from me is if you thought they were good last year, they, they've possibly even improved. Now, of course, they've lost a couple of big players in Gonzalo Ramos and, and Grimaldo, but they've also signed some huge players like Angel Di Maria. So, you know, they're in a really good position. They looked strong last year. They looked just as strong, if not better, this year. And it could be another really exciting season for Benfica fans. Yeah, and I think this is the thing that we... is the anomaly almost is you know when we've talked about teams like sporting and porto when they lose two key figures you know particularly as as big a crowd was a huge player from last season and obviously Giancarlo Ramos was their their main striker um and top goal scorer as well but if 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 a, if a porto or sporting loses those two players it sort of always feels like the next season is sort of a can see a season of consolidation in terms of how active they they are in the transfer market and how hard they perhaps find it to replace those players they've lost like you mentioned, Albert Benfica seems to have it, it got stronger. If anything, you know the 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 signings ridiculous. I mean, Di Maria in particular, what a huge player to have in this league. And and you know they're, they're thirty five years old, but forget about that. You know this is a guy mm. who's just won the World Cup. An incredible talent. Amazing for him to come back. Um, but you know I I think it's easy to focus on him. And of course, both of you and I are extremely excited to see what he can offer. And and I sort of have no doubt that he's going to be arguably the best player in the league for sure it's the other players you know the the, the Koshu they, who they signed from final they got that business done early amid rumours of other big teams in, in Europe interested in, in signing him they bought in him he's going to perhaps bring that creativity that they lost when Enzo Fernandez departed and then they've looked elsewhere they, you know they've replaced um, Gonzalo Ramos with Cabral um, the Brazilian striker from Florentina I, I'm I'll interest to hear your opinion, but I'm, I'm he's the one I'm most interested in, right? Because he, he he was incredible at Basel a couple of years, um, seasons ago, got that move to Florentina, never quite kicked on from there, but still looks like a, a hell of a player. And obviously, at 25 years old, he's got a, a lot of room to grow. So, yeah, great signings, and, and I'm really interested to see how some of these pan out. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the thing with Artica Brow as well is. You know, people talk say he wasn't that good at Fiorentina. I think he was f- still very decent. I think he scored like 10 league goals or something in, in his first season in a new country. So I think that was still a decent return. And as you say, unreal in Switzerland, scored an incredible amount of goals. Um, I think the Portuguese league, if we're being honest, will be closer to the, the Swiss league in terms of some of the opposition that he's going to be playing against. So I'm sure he'll uh, fill his boots when it comes to goals in the league. Uh, and some great signings, you know, they play so, the replace of Solar Ramos with Cabral. Uh, they replaced Grimaldo with Eurosec. Obviously, that one's a bit different, less established player, but 
I'm sure will be good. But listen, these signings, Kochu and Di Maria, two big signings, really big statement signings. Um, so they've done really well in the transfer market for me. They got rid of some uh, fringe players. Gilberto's gone, Verissimo's gone. Seferovic left officially this this year. You know, um, they, they so they've they've refreshed the squad uh, in a really exciting way. And I think you know the take home message from I've really with Benfica is is you know it was an exciting team to watch last year, and we're just as excited. Again, with that in mind, Barney, we're talking about players that you're excited to watch. I know Cabral's going to be an interesting one. Um, I'm really excited to see Joao Neves. I think that's one player that we kind of forgot a little bit about with these big signings. 18 years old, made a big impact last year. Is he going to get benched a little bit more because of Kochu coming in? Is he going to start ahead of players like Chiquinho? Is he going to have his, you know, his Antonio Silva year where he suddenly makes himself um, undroppable? even though he's 18. I think that's a really exciting one to look out for. And do you know what? I have my I have my feelings about Peter Musa. Um, I think he's a little bit unlucky. He'd probably be a little bit gutted about Artur Cabral coming in because he would have seen Gonzalo Ramos leaving, thinking that's my opportunity to start. Well, you know, who says Peter Musa doesn't deserve a start? I think he scored whenever he was asked to. If you look at his goals per minute ratio, it's unreal because he was coming off the bench for 10 minutes a game and scoring every time he came on. So he's got like an unbelievable goals per minute ratio, more than good enough for this level. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, with Benfica as always, there's there's great players in the starting eleven, but there's great players in and around the squad as well that, that we can look forward to seeing. I think you've got a little bit more um, faith in Musa than, than I did. I always, I always thought they were going to replace Gonzalo Ramos. As good as Musa's been, as you mentioned, is, is yeah, he, he certainly takes his opportunities. And but look, that's that's the important thing about this this team, and that's exactly what they're trying to build is is the strength and depth, right? Musa's an excellent striker, but you know they they want to have um, backups across the pitch, and you, particularly you look at that midfield. I mean, um, you mentioned Jan Nebs is there. Obviously, we can't forget about Florentino as well. What a great season he had last year. Um, and, and and Rafa as well, and Arvidsson, uh, and you know, there's a if there's if there's one problem that um Roger Schmidt's going to have out, but that's my thing is is getting the right selection of players for the right games, and I'm, I'm perhaps I'm looking specifically at the Champions League in that because, you know, I I, I very much think in, in acquiring Di Maria, the, the the thought process behind that and the way they convinced him was that they want to do something in the Champions League this year. They want to go that step further and try and go deep in that competition. So I think that. Schmidt needs to get that balance right, make sure that, well, some of those players are getting enough minutes that they they want to be getting, but also making sure the right players are selected. You know, we can't forget that he went for most of the first half of the season playing Alcides and Jao Mare on the, on the wide areas of the midfield. Suddenly you've got Dima. Mm-hmm. We haven't even met, mentioned David Neres in this conversation. You know, you know, he needs to get that balance right. And just to sort of cut back to that first point you made about Jao Neves, who, who is, you know, I... He looks incredible at the end of last season. I really hope he continues to get opportunities this season. Him and Antonio Silva are very much those players that they need to nurture now because they're going to be the next big departures for, for huge fees. So it will be... I, I, Antonio Silva, I, I expect to keep his place in the back line. And I really hope Jaron Neves can, can get a few more few opportunities as well. Um, and one thing, I, you know, the, I've, the only other area of the pitch out which I was... Which we thought they could improve on last week, and we sort of we talked about it before we lost the recording was the, the goalkeeper position, and lo and behold, they've made a signing in twenty two year old uh, Ukrainian goalkeeper Trunbin uh, from uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, once again, another player who is rumored to have moves across various different leagues in Europe, decent teams. They've 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 done it. They've they've um, 
what's the play pulled the trigger and, and they've signed him for a, a fairly decent fee although i think there's quite a significant sell-on uh, percentage for Shakhtar Donetsk. But regardless, you know, they, they've been active. They've looked to improve the squad and we're looking at a, a stacked team, you know, a, a, who are going to just try and, if anything, just get a better points tally than last season. They're going to be absolutely lethal this season, I think, but they're such a strong squad. For me, Barney, if they're going to have any weaknesses, or if I can phrase it another way, if, if Benfica's opponents are going to have anything to kind of cling on to in hopes of keeping up with them or finishing above them it's worth remembering that although they were so impressive for that for most of last season in the end they only won the league by two points when they did have a 10 point gap there were questions about whether that team could sustain Roger Schmidt's level of intensity throughout a full season because they did drop off just a little bit towards the end of the season they dropped more points I think in their last uh, 10 games than they did for the previous 20 or whatever it was um, they're going to have Champions League to contend with, so there could be distractions there. And I think there are question marks, Barney, over the consistency of one or two players. And for me, uh, I'm talking, talking about Rafa, I'm talking about David Neres, you know, Angel Di Maria we love, but we don't know at his age whether he's going to be able to stay in good form over uh, a full season, although, of course, that's that's hypothetical. Uh, they've signed a new striker who's a little bit less tested than, than Gonzalo Ramos, again, Slight question mark over him. So there are still areas of the pitch where perhaps they might lack consistency. Strangely enough, Barney, I wonder whether on the wings are actually where they could struggle most because if they go through patches of the season when when Rafa is, is out of form, David Neres is out of form, suddenly they start to lack uh, sort of those natural wingers. I mean, players we talked about so positively last year as their best wingers were Algenes and João Mario, two natural kind of central midfielders who, you know, don't exactly... Uh, hug the touchline and, and 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 breeze past pairs. So you know maybe those are areas where where they could fall short. But I think going into this season, Benfica look very strong. They've got an incredible amount of quality for for this league, and I think they'll hope to have a real good go at the Champions League as well. So some real optimism for Benfica this season. I'm sure Benfica fans are feeling quite excited for the season to come. Uh, Porto and Barney, like I said, cut that gap last season down to two points because at one point it was looking like. Benfica were going to run away with the league, uh, being 10 points clear. They cut that down and only finished two points behind. So they'll be hoping that they can improve just enough, basically, to to get those two points that that they needed in order to win the league. Uh, my initial thoughts from them, though, were that if you're, if you're trying to build a team to compete with Benfica, when if you're being honest about the situation, last year they were just a little bit of a level below, then they haven't quite attacked the transfer market in the way that, that perhaps they could have. Uh, in a hypothetical world, you know, uh, they look like they're going to lose Medi Taremi, possibly to Inter Milan or AC Milan, or even possibly Spurs in the Premier League. They've signed Fran Navarro to play up front, you know, a player who's, who scored goals for Gil Vicente in the Premier League, but it's not a particularly flashy signing. They've signed uh, Nico Gonzalez, the midfielder from Barcelona. Again, signing a player from Barcelona is good, but he's not exactly a first team regular for Barcelona. Um, and they look like they're going to sign Alan Varela, who is a quality player from Boca Juniors. That deal has been dragging on a little bit, but that would be a quality addition to midfield. So my feeling about Porto is, you know, they're trying to close their gap on Benfica. They're trying to catch up with a team with a hell of a lot of resources and some real quality in that side. They haven't signed too many eye-catching players, but perhaps that's not too big of a problem because we know that in this league, you don't necessarily need, you know, a Champions League winning standard squad to win the Premier League. No, but this feels like um, 
a typical Porto transfer. No, you know, it, it, there's a couple of players bought from the league. There's not huge money being um, splashed. Obviously, they're perhaps still <laughs> reeling from that 20 million euro transfer of David Karma last season. Uh, we'll we'll let, yeah, yeah, see what's going to happen with that. I'm not so sure. But look, I think if we're looking at the specific players and the areas of the pitch that they needed to address, obviously the loss of Mateus Reeb, uh, who, who at the end of his contract moved to Qatar, he was really a huge player for them that they needed to replace. You mentioned Taremi as well. I personally, I put I'm putting a lot on Taremi, but I feel like if his departure could be the not the nail in the coffin, but could be a tipping point. You know that I I, I really think he's so vital to Conchessao and and that team. I don't think the options in uh, its striking positions are anywhere near as good as him after that. So I I, I think that that could be a huge obstacle for Conchessao to. To overcome, but like like you alluded to, Albert, he's he's done that several times. You know, we've 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 had these thoughts in previous seasons, and yet he still managed to put a title fighting team together. Um, I'm I like the signing of Varela. Um, you know, similar to some of the uh, Benfica transfers. Um, there there were big clubs rumored to be in with him. He looks like a player of a real high ceiling. I've seen other other people say it's a it's almost an identical Enzo Fernandez signing in the sense that they imagine he'll be going for huge money in a, a season or two. So that really boosts the midfield. Nikon Gonzalez as well looks like a a, a, a could be a, a starter and and once again add quality to that area of the pitch. Because otherwise, I think the 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 wide players are a, a decent Galeno. Uh, Pepe, Gabriel Veron, obviously we didn't see quite enough of him last year, but he's got more to offer. I actually saw a comment from Conscious Sound pre-season, Albert, um, which was saying that the Brazilian manager should uh, should play yeah. Pepe at right back. because he's his exact, his exact quote was, if I was the Brazilian manager, he would be my right back. I don't think it's quite the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I think that shows the faith he has and perhaps another reason why they haven't addressed that right back position because um, João Mario sort of so it's had a stuttering uh, season, you know. We were hoping he was going to go on to that next level. He obviously had his injuries as well, um, but uh, Conchita very much sees Pepe as a as an option of playing at right back position and overlapping Otavio. Um, Otavio player we haven't mentioned yet as well is, is is a key player who's still there, and and Diogo Costa as well. So they are. I've gone through waves of this preseason now, but thinking that Porto are going to be way off the mark to thinking actually they're not they're not in that bad a position. So I think with these signings, they've they've certainly uh, improved their squad standards from last season, and and, and of course when you've got conscious out there, you're always going to be in with a fight for the league. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I think Sergio conscious out. Listen, I mean, he's been around the block, right? And and he knows he knows how to do well in this league, and he knows how to get his teams to perform. So with him, they have a great leader and someone who can who can navigate them through this season. For me, the story of Porto this season is that. They haven't made so many big signings. So they're basically relying on, on players who perhaps haven't quite delivered for them to come good. And, you know, the, the weakest area of the pitch for them, we know, is defence. You know, and they are lining up with the exact same back four at the start of this season as they did the one that started most of last season, which is João Mario or Pepe are right back. You know, neither of those players are perfect. And I understand what Sergio Conchistel says about Pepe playing, playing right back. He believes in him. You know, far be it from me to criticise a manager who's won the Premier League or disagree with what he says. I I think Pepe's better further up the pitch. I'll just put it that way. Uh, so it's either him or Jaral Mario. Jaral Mario's been good in patches. And then a centre-back pairing of 40-year-old Pep, 37-year-old Marcano. I mean, we we joke about it. I'm not. That's not a criticism, again, because they've played well and both those players have performed at 
and more than good enough level. And then Zaidu Sanusi at left back, who on his day can be a very useful player. When it's not his day, he can he can be a bit of a liability. And I just think Porto fans would have really expected that if this is a team that's looking to improve, then they would have improved that defence. And and they haven't signed a new centre-back. So David Karma, who they've invested a lot of money in, really has to come good. They actually sold um, Diego late uh, this summer. I know he hadn't played for them for a couple of seasons, but they sold him this summer officially. And, and that was an interesting one because he was a player that they decided wasn't good enough, sent him out on loan. And he then proved in the German Bundesliga that Actually, he probably wasn't. He probably was good enough. Now, I don't know the nature of that deal. Obviously, it was an loan with perhaps an option to buy. I don't know whether it was an obligation to buy. So maybe Porto didn't have any choice that he, he was going to leave. Either way, he's gone. They've got David Carmo and Fabio Cardoso as as the backup. So the defence leaves, you know, a lot to be desired. And as I said, there's other areas of the pitch where they haven't signed new players. So they are just hoping that these players that perhaps haven't performed so well are going to start to step up. I mean, you look in midfield, they brought Romario Barrow back from loan. Maybe this could finally be his season. You look on the wings, players like Galeno, who who was pretty good, but he was no Luis Diaz. Uh, Gabriel Veron, who never quite did it. You know, up front, Evan Nielsen, who had a big dip last season. So these are all players who've who've kind of had moments, but underperformed that they're trying to do well. And I think the story of their season is going to be whether these players can step up. And the two for me, that could make the difference this season. Um, in defence, Davo Carmo, if he can show that he is the player that we all thought he could be, that can make a real difference in defence. And you know what, Barney, with with, with Mediterranean kind of, you know, possibly on the way out, and I know we said we weren't going to talk about games because this is a season preview show, but the Super Tassa has happened and, and, and Mediterranean was really poor in that game. And I think it was probably because he's set to leave. So I wonder whether it's a player like Danny Namaso, who for me is their best prospect with the form that Evan Ilsen has been in um, I think he's the best prospect up front and if he can have a great season he's an incredible finisher great movement great physicality and he could be a real asset but listen they're they're relying on players to recapture form or become the players that, that we hoped they would be and you know it, it, in a way it's good because it, it, they're not giving up on players other than Diego Late but other than that they're not really giving up on players and I, and I do admire that in a way if it works, I think it will look uh, very, very honourable and it will look like a great choice. But if it doesn't work, I think this is the sort of window that we could be looking at and saying they didn't get this window right. They didn't invest in the right areas and it's let them down. So it's 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 yet to be seen for me how Porto uh, will, will come out of this window into the season. Because, you know, we could be looking at Porto in 10 games time, having won the first 10 games in the season in a really good position. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said there, but I think that that really is going to be the summer of the season. And I'm glad you mentioned Danny the Master as well, because obviously, being um, him coming from England, we have a real soft foot to him. But but from an unbiased point of view, I think you're right. He is their most exciting attacking player in terms of what he offers. He offers something a bit different, that bit more uh, agility and, and and ball control. And we've seen glimpses of that last season when he started to get a bit more of an opportunity. So I'm really hoping this can be his year. Um, and, and yeah, he can he can really come on. All right. Well, last year, third place was taken by Braga, who disrupted the traditional big three to take a third place uh, spot. They had a very, very good summer, in my opinion, because they uh, made permanent a number of good players for them who were on loan, most notably Bruma, the winger who came in in January and did so well, but also defenders Victor Gomez and Nyakate, who were wonderful players. Um, I think 
Victor Gomez made my team in the season and Yakate made your team in the season at the end of the last year. Uh, they made those players permanent on really good, uh, really good deals for very low fees. But they've also brought in quality Barney uh, players like Zalazar from Schalke, an attacking midfielder. They brought in Vita Cofalio, defensive midfielder from Gil Vicente. They brought in uh, quite excitingly Ronnie Lopez from Sevilla. I know he's he's sort of been a bit hit and miss, but nonetheless, I think it's an exciting signing. Um, and they brought in uh, experience with Jose Font. So, there's been some very, very good signings. Very few departures. The only two notable departures, Luri Medeiros, who I think is a loss, but like I said, in comes Ronnie Lopez as a potential replacement. Uh, and Sakera, the left-back, who perhaps was was uh, a little bit over the hill, so not the biggest loss. It's been a great window. They are, at the very least, as strong as they were last season, if not stronger. However, do you think there is still just a question mark over whether they can improve that league position they got last year. Because for me, I think, obviously, if you stand still, you move backwards. So they have improved, but I don't necessarily think that uh, naturally means an improved table position. I think it's going to be another fight to be in in the top three. Um, but nonetheless, a good window and and and, and lots of reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, I mean, some people were saying it's been, uh, been one of the best windows in, in Europe for a club. And I'm... Um, I want to agree, Albert. I'm just not so sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think selling use of Tremetti for 20 million euros is probably a bit better, but we'll come on to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Jose Font is a great signing. I'm that, uh, you know, that bit of experience. Um, it, it was probably their weakest area of the pitch, the centre back positions, I think. So he instantly comes in and helps them, uh, you know, playing alongside near Cate. That will really, um, I'm hoping that can be a great partnership. Um, the Vita Carvalho, I think, was um was a one that didn't excite me, but from what we saw, I know we're going to touch it in the next episode, but just I think he looks like a a smart bit of business. I think the thing, Albert, is oh, and sorry, Ronnie Lopez as well is 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 who lots of people are really taken by, by and and thinking like saying is it? I mean, the price is great. It was a free transfer, wasn't it? But like, yes, he's coming from Sevilla, but he's been playing at Troyes in France last season. I'm not sure how how good yeah, he's going to yeah. be. But look, I think the the point is they've they've been active. That that that's the thing they they've have looked to improve. And I I don't say you can say any of those players are worse than what they've currently got. I think they're definitely as good, or if not better. So I think generally it's been a really good window, and it, you know it gives them that bit more depth. We're going to see them competing hopefully in the the Champions League if they can get to the the group stages, um, and they'll want to be playing you know strong teams in in both the league and and that. So. Um, it's going to be a long season for them, and it's it will be sort of trying to push on from last season. But I think the the the, the overall thing I got from Marta George Albert was a, a general consistency in the league that we haven't seen from Braga. You know, they mm. they were, um, and I'm, I think in in the, in improving the squad as they have, I think that that will allow them to hopefully do that a bit easier. Um, you know, players that they can rotate rather than sort of having to fill in gaps when players are injured or suspended. You know, these are they they have they have options now, and that, that's a huge thing for Braga to have. Another thing worth adding, Bonnie, I think, is just that every day that Ali Amazrati remains at that club closer to the transfer deadline day makes it uh, a better window. Although, just in the back of my mind, I don't want to jinx it, Braga fans listening, but we saw what happened when Vittoria crashed out of Conference League qualification and then suddenly sold players. You know, I think perhaps there's players in that Braga team who are waiting to see whether they're playing Champions League, Europa League or what they're doing next season before they leave. But for now, the squad is in, is in a really strong place. 
I was going to say Ricardo Horta as well, but he's arguably one of yeah. the best players in the league. And and you know that he uh, this time last year he was almost at, at Benfica, but you know they've still got him, and that seems to be the case for this season as well. So that is absolutely huge for Braga to have a mm. player of his quality. Yeah, plenty of positives uh, for Braga, and then finally from the top four, Barney Sporting, obviously coming off the back of a season that they would have been quite disappointed with, had an interesting window that we don't usually associate with Sporting and in and, and one that they signed two big signings, big money signings uh, in positions that they needed to reinforce. They signed a new striker, Victor Jokeres, from Coventry in the Championship. I believe that one was about 23, 24 million euros. And they've signed a Danish defensive midfielder who I'm going to go for, Hulmund. Uh, he came in from Lech in Italy to replace Manuel Agate. So very interesting, Barney, because I don't usually associate sporting with going out and spending big money on, you know, one or two players. But that's 40 million euros uh, combined for two players in positions that they needed. So I really respect that. I wanted to see them do that last summer and they didn't. So, who knows, maybe someone in the board is listening to the show. Um, I don't think, however, that they will have enough to compete with Benfica. But I think those two signings alone will make a big difference. Obviously, uh, Hulman comes in to replace Mamoru Gatti, I think is the only really big departure. Obviously, as I mentioned, Yusuf Chimiti has gone to Everton. Maybe I exaggerate with that 20 million euros. I think it was more like 15 million euros with bonuses. Um, so two signings, you know, we're looking at sort of 75, 80 million euros in 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 revenue and they spend 40 million of that on two big players. So I quite like that as a window, you know, it's good to see Sporting going, look, this is what we need. Let's do it. I think the striker thing is, you know, probably four windows too late, but never mind. Um, they've got a great player to, to play. And so I expect Sporting to be better than last year. I don't quite expect them to be title challenges, although I will happily be be um, be proved wrong. And I don't think they'll be that far off, by the way. I think they'll definitely be a, a, a strong top three challenger. Um, so, yeah, improvements. And I think, um, you know, they won't obviously blow all that money that they made from incomings at once. But the signs that they made have been good and ones that they needed. Well, last season would have been a bit of a wake-up call, you know, so that they, they can't just assume um, that they'll, they'll get in that Champions League spot. And uh, and uh, you know they they might they might realize that financially as well as the, as the season progressed. But so but still you know they got great fee for Agate, you know sixty million relief call paid. Um, as much as a loss as I think he's going to be in midfield, you know I think the 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 Hjordman, uh, signing looks exciting and and a sort of similar profile player. Um, and certainly brings quality to that midfield. So, so sort of hopefully, you know because Marita's there um, and Brand Cancer as well is back from injury finally. You know. Uh, both two excellent midfielders as well. So, you know, that that that's gonna, you know, Brent Hansen can be like a new signing, let's say, for with him coming back into the team. Um Gorkes is the the most exciting one, isn't it? Because it's like you said, it feels like it's been a several seasons that they did as a striker. Um I think he's gonna he's gonna bring goals. He looks like a really exciting um profile of striker in terms of his physicality, his speed, his is his what on the ball is, is the the way you find spaces in the box. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, going to hopefully revitalize Amarin's attack because we sort of ex- saw him experiment with three wingers at the top at some points at the, towards the end of last season when he sort of fe- Paulinho sort of fell out of favour. We've also seen Paulinho play alongside York as in uh, preseason as well. So perhaps we're going to see a little bit more flexibility from Amarin this season in terms of what the the lineups he puts out. Um, because yeah, there was we felt I think that our general um, vibe was that they've very much uh, stagnated, 
ever since their title win and uh, and teams sort of knew how to play against them. Um, mm. They've... Uh, Diamonde, um, it, it looks like, well, for me, the most exciting defender in that team. They've still got Ignacio as we speak. Um, Eduardo Cresma sort of come back for loan and had a good preseason. So, you know, there's bits going on. Um, Genny Kamato as well has been playing at right wing back, uh, who was unknown at Marita last season, and he's been doing that in preseason. And Amarin sort of said, "Look, he's he's really not taking me by surprise, but he's impressed me, and then, and I'm going to give him an opportunity." So, I'm hoping we can see a, a mixture of things happen this season for Sporting Albert in the fact that you know we've 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 seen good business and then not afraid to splash the cash, which was it, which is a big thing for Sporting. They've they've got good players there already. Um, in like Diamond Marita, as I've already mentioned, and I'm also hoping that we can see a bit more from Amarin as we did in his first season at Sporting, where you know he brought through the likes of Nuno Mendes and how he excelled and and mm. and, and really came on leaps and bounds. I'm hoping we can see a few more young players get into this team because we know they've got talent in that squad in in the B team. So I'm hoping you know Amarin can can do that bit of magic again. And yeah, I think I don't. I'm 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 not I'm bit unsure of where I'm going to put them at the end of the season. I think they're going to, they're going to be stronger than last season. And I think the, the the main driving force would be, you know, they, they can't let Braga get into that top three again. You know, those would be, that would be the team they're looking to hunt down at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the areas where they might struggle, Barney, naturally in goal, I think Antonio Adan has, has been inconsistent at best, shall we say, uh, and they haven't replaced him. And then I think centre-back's an interesting one because... They look good in midfield. They look good up front. I think, I think they've got great options up front and on the wings. Defence is an interesting one. Now, on paper, their starting back three is Diamanda Coates and Inacio. Now, on paper, very exciting back three. I think you've got two young, exciting players either side of a natural leader, the captain, who's done so well for them over so many years. But once you start to dig down a bit further than that, it gets a little bit worrying. One, because unfortunately, Coates' form especially last season hasn't wasn't great and so perhaps he's you know maturing a bit aging a bit and not quite the player he once was and then when you look at the backup options at the back I think you know Jeremiah St. Just the player that they spent a lot of money on but cannot get a game they cannot get him off the treatment table he's just constantly injured um Eduardo Koregema has come back from an unsuccessful loan in Germany he never quite uh, impressed enough while playing for sporting the, you know so there's question marks over him Luis Neto, 35 years old, can he really still do it at this level other than being a kind of leader in the dressing room? Has he got what it takes on the pitch? And then Mateus Reese, the left wing back slash left centre back who sometimes on in form can look excellent, sometimes he can look poor. Right back, they're relying on Ricardo Gaia, who's, you know, he's no Pedro Porro, although I do like him. So I think defence is the area for me where they are the weakest. I think Israel Gaia is going to have his best season so far in his sporting shirt. I just feel like he's ready to to be better than he has been. Like I said, no Pedro Porro. And as I said, that those starting back three uh, look really good. I do like them. But I think the issue will be that depth in defence. If they start to get a couple of injuries at centre-back, um, maybe that could be their undoing. But in general, I think for sporting, we're looking at a team who've recognised that they weren't good enough last year, recognised that they can't just stand still uh, and hope for things to get better. They have to be proactive in the transfer market within the um, within the funds that they have, and I think they have done that. So I, I expect Sporting to be an improved outfit compared to what we saw last year. And we shouldn't forget, you know, uh, th- th- 
I know we've been talking about their sort of lack of Champions League football and the, the negative side around that, but they should also look at the Europa League as an opportunity. You know, we saw some good performances from them in Europe last season, um, and and the, and the Europa League as well. So they'll, you know, if they can go a bit further, maybe even get to the final. That that's something that's that should be achievable for this for this sporting team in Amarin. So yeah, there's that to look forward to. All right, let's start looking a little bit further down the table. And last year's Equipe Sensosal, the team that everybody loved, well, we loved, um, Aruka, who managed to finish in fifth place, uh, an incredible achievement for them. And of course, the big question is going to be, Barney, can they recreate that magic uh, this season? Well, it's been an interesting window because, you know, the thing that we talk about with these kind of teams that do well, uh, in the Primera League, uh, teams like in the past, Pastor Ferreira and, and Gil Vicente, they struggle to keep hold of of their best players um, in the the next season. So it was interesting to see over the summer what would happen with Aruka. Now there there were departures, and there were two big departures. Um, one being the winger Anthony, who moved to Portland in the MLS, but for a very generous free three point two million euros. Um, but of course, the most damaging departure for Aruka will be the la- the loss of their captain, Gerard Basso, who moves back to his native Brazil. He's going to play for Santos. But again, uh, for Aruka, a very good fee of 2.5 million euros. So they've lost two good players, but they've got a lot of money uh, in return. And they've made a lot of interesting signings, uh, not least from Spain, as well as uh, bringing some other players um, those players being Cristo Gonzalez, a striker from Udinese. They signed Jason, um, a winger from Alavej. They signed Miguel Puche, another Spanish player, as well as bringing in Pedro Santos, a, a young central midfielder from Braga, and Ebuer Kouassi, a defensive midfielder. So, so interesting signings have been made. They seem to be making a lot of signings uh, from Spain. Spanish players have done well for them in the past, so seems to make sense. We've been through this before, Bonnie, haven't we? We're feeling optimistic about about teams, you know, on the back of a good season. How do we feel about Aruka? I mean, of course, a new manager as well in, in Daniel Ramos. So that's going to make a difference. So there has been change. Change is unavoidable for these teams. But in general, it feels like positive change. Yeah, I, I want that to be the case for sure. I mean, um, another departure I'll add to that list was Alan Ruiz, who I thought was one of the keyest players last season. But as you you're right to allude to, but the, the fact that they got a new manager that, that will bring a new system. You know, they will see um, a different formation for them. Um, the vast majority of their their team though is is intact, and I, and I'm looking particularly at that back line where we saw the likes of Thiago's guys, Jerome Poku, and um, Kresmer, and of course the keeper Aru Barrera, um, really shine last season, and that was the reason they were able to get so high up the table. That's still there. There's Galovic to come in to play alongside Apoku, which happened once or twice last season. So, yeah, we'll have to see. I think it was very interesting to when we spoke to Jeremy Apoku uh, when we interviewed him on our podcast. If anyone hasn't listened to that, be sure to check that out because that was fascinating hearing him talk about the relationship he had with Xiao Basso, how it came so naturally, and that was one of the, that was the reasons he thought was so key to their that defense being so solid. Whether you know that that relation, the new relationship will have to form with whoever comes in, whether that will be as strong. Um, but look, I think the the striker signing of Cristo Gonzalez is the one that really stands out for me, Albert from Udinese. I think that could be a, a good striker. You know, um, they they so often played with one striker last season, be that Mujica or or Dodi Bag. 
um, who also went went uh, to to Belgium and once again brought in a decent fee for this club. Um, so you know they might play with two strikers this season. Um, we'll have to see. They they've obviously got the Europa Conference League qualifiers to to play out as well. They've done their play their first leg, which um went okay, and they've obviously got that second leg. That's going to very much define their season whether they get to the group stages because that 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 suddenly you know your squad is very much um completely scrutinized from top to bottom because you're going to have to use all your players. Um, but like you said, they've been active. There has been a number of signings, and all with I'd say a bit more. Well, let's be honest. We sort of know these players. You know, last season, you know, they they assembled a squad of players of who we had absolutely no clue about. Yet these players were able to outperform our expectations, and and that's why they do so well. And now they've added a bit more quality. Hopefully, they can push on because yeah, it's it. The vast majority of the squad's there, and um, yeah, I I, I think you put it so well, Albert. We we so often try to be positive, and I I don't want to get suckered in and and be disappointed, but. I'm hopeful. Yeah, I think two things for me. One, as as much as I would love them to qualify for the Conference League group stage, I think it's not worth putting the pressure on them, that expectation on them, because, you know, they, they've done well in their first leg against Brand from Norway. So if they can get through that leg, it'd be great. But then they are going to come up against, you know, a Dutch team like AZ or someone like that. So it's going to be Dutch. tough. I don't. Yeah, I know. It's not worth putting the pressure on. Um, but they have a good summer. It's a great group of players. And, and just the last point for me, I think worth reiterating and emphasising that new manager, Daniel Ramos, who um, I think it's easy to forget that he did do really great things with Santa Clara. And, and he has proved that he's a manager who can work with a diverse group of players and that he plays great football. And well done, Barney, on, on the plug. I forgot to plug the fact that we interviewed Jerome Poku. Definitely go and listen to that. He's a young English player playing for Aruka, but he also mentioned when we asked him about the new manager that, you know, not in a, in a way to say that the previous manager hadn't been doing this, but he said he was impressed with the training sessions. And I think Daniel Ramos will be bringing a kind of a level of tactical uh, nous that will be really good for this team. So, yeah, I I, I like Aruka a lot. And, I, and, and, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to sit on the fence. I'm just not trying to put the pressure on so we're not disappointed. But... They've got a good little team and, and and I'm hoping for them to have a positive season. Um, all right, just below them in the table, Barney, sixth place was Vitoria. Now, Vitoria, the perennial fifth biggest team in Portugal. The question mark is always, will they fulfill their potential? Well, again, this happened before we even recorded our, our first go at this season preview show, so we can talk about it now. They crashed out of the Europa Conference League against Celia, a team from Slovenia, I believe. Um up until that point, Barney, I was feeling very positive about them. Um, so I'm trying to bring that positivity back and remind myself of a few things. One, that I think this is the first time in a while that we're going into a Victoria season with an air of consistency around the club, right? There's a fairly uh, a level of consistency with the squad. There's an air of consistency with the manager who did pretty well. And there's been some 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 very interesting signings. They signed the winger Ricardo Mangas from Boa Vista, very good player for Boa Vista last season. Uh, they invested a million pounds in bringing him to the club, and I think that was a, a very good move. Um, Zay Carlos, a permanent move for the guy who done well at right back, young kid. Thomas Ribeiro, interesting signing. Listeners might remember him from the B-side days um, when B-side were in the Premier League and he was one of their few standout players, a left-footed centre-back. 
He came in from Switzerland. Great, good signing. They signed a young attacking midfielder, Arcanjo from Tondela. They signed Butchka, the striker from relegated Passos. They brought Nuno Santos, not the sporting one, but the other one back from the MLS to Portugal. Uh, great talented player. Uh, and they signed a few other players. So there's been some good signings. The elephant in the room, obviously, the, the Conference League departure, which is a big downer, and two huge sales. It's worth mentioning. Two young centre-backs, Ibrahim Abamba and Andre Amaro, both leaving for Qatar for big money. €9 million Euros for Bamba, €10 million Euros for Andre Amaro. So, you know, there was a time just a few weeks ago, by it was all looking so positive. Amaro was still in the squad. There was that kind of optimism about the Conference League. Let's try and take that outside of our thinking and look at the situation uh, subjectively. I still think there's a very good squad there. I think there's good young players. I think there's a promising young manager. And I think Victoria are in a more solid place than they have been for a, a few seasons now. Yeah, and, and the, the the their only target this season now will be to secure that fifth spot. You know, that, um, that's what they all, they want to do, having come so close last season. And I think you're right, they have improved. Uh, Ricardo Mangas signing in particular is exactly what they need for that left wing back position. Um, when he's back fit, that would be really exciting. And once again, they've seemed to continue the pattern of sort of buying young, um, it, it, interesting players from within Portugal. And Telmo Aranco, who was uh, did so well at Tondela last season, I think he was in the uh, Liga Salzburg team of the team of the season. You know, he'll be one to uh, have a look at when he when he gets an opportunity. But there's so many good players there already. You know, Andre Silva, the striker who had um, uh, that bad injury, it sort of put him out for so long. We yet to see him at his best. Um, Jota Silva as well, the the Portuguese Grealish. You know, he's he's another one who we can see a bit more of. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how they 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 play out the season because yeah, I think as as bad as the departures have been at centre back, Thomas Ribeiro is it, it was is a good signing in my opinion, and we've also got to see who we did at the, sort of the last few weeks of the season. Tankara as well, the young centre back. He was given opportunities. He didn't didn't disappoint, and, and he's got the opportunity to to develop like Bamba and Amro did last season under Moreno. So, yeah, it's uh it's all about fifth spot for them securing that and and getting that getting a slightly um later entrance into the qualifying <laughs> games for the Europa Conference League next year, and then undoubtedly going out again <laughs> <laughs> next year. But look, I think I think I agree with you, but I think it is a blessing in the skies. You know, it is a lot. And the thing with the conferences that people perhaps don't talk that much about is the amount of traveling and how that can affect a team throughout the year. Because you know, you, you're not just going to mainland Europe; you're going all over the place. So, yeah, it's a, it could be a blessing for the skies. And I, I think they've they've certainly got what it takes to really nail down that fifth spot this season. Absolutely. Well. Last season's seventh place. Now, a very interesting team, Bonnie, that I think um, a few people are going to be eager to watch this season uh, is, of course, Shavs, who had a very strong end to last season. Uh, listeners might remember that they were in contention for the Europa Conference League spot. And actually, before the season ended, they already declared that they were going to voluntarily opt out of playing in the Europa Conference League. I think they thought it would probably be a step too far in terms of their finances. Maybe they couldn't afford the travel and all those kind of arrangements. But nonetheless, you know, uh, makes for a, an interesting story and an interesting team. And I think we'll have similar ambitions to finish in top seven, top six uh, this year. They were very solid uh, last season. It's had, It's been a fairly interesting transfer window. We're getting into the realms now of, of teams signing players that we're not too familiar with. Although one, uh, one change at that club that we are familiar with was the arrival of Jose Gomes, the manager, after 
Vitor Campelos left. Jose Gomes was the man who almost kept uh, Maritimo up, but couldn't quite. Um, so, yeah, it's been an interesting window. Uh, I'll let you talk more about the signings, Barney. I think you've probably looked into them a bit more. The one I want to start with, though, is, is the goalkeeper. They signed a goalkeeper on loan from Flamengo and Hugo Souza. Um, but it's with an option to buy for 1.2 million euros, which is, for a team like Shabs, a huge fee. So they obviously have big hopes for this player. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think of their their signings. Well, they, the, the, I think the, the biggest thing really is, you know, the only player they've really lost is Jao Teixeira, right? The, um, he, he, who, who was absolutely their star player last year, the number 10, um, who I, I originally thought was going to be a big loss. But I think with the new manager, of course, they're going to change the system. And I think they have been quite um, interestingly active in the market. Um, Bruno Rodriguez, the um, uh, young centre-back from Braga, uh, 22 years old. I think that's a good a good signing. He, you know, he didn't give too many opportunities at Braga, but is obviously coming from a, a, a decent club and has got high potential. Uh, Paulo Victor as well, um, a 22-year-old Brazilian who they, um, signed, uh, who's going to play striker out wide. I think he's going to be their man to, to lead the line this season. And then the one that sort of really caught my attention was Kalichi Makali, uh, the 25-year-old Nigerian centre midfielder. Uh, just because I think he had a little bit of time at Arsenal at some point. It's been a bit of a journeyman. <laughs> but, you know, he he perhaps, if you're trying to look for a, a like-for-like a replacement, he could be the one for Jao area, uh, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, after that, you're sort of looking at uh, players that we I'm not too familiar on. Uh, Hugo Nigeria is the only other one coming from Santa Clara to, to play at centre-back. It'll be an interesting season, Albert. You know, they, they uh, Campello sort of had been there a while, obviously brought them up. And did uh, had an excellent season with them last year, so that change of manager could bring a few um, stumbling blocks. But um, I think they've got uh, they certainly haven't regressed in their, their squad quality. I think they've they've sort of kept things together. And you know, like of Bruno Langer, absolute key player from that left back. They've you know rumours with him moving to a bigger club, but he's signed a contract extension. So yeah, that that that's absolutely um, great for them. So yeah, it could be a, another okay season for Chefs. Yeah, and I'm um, one step below them, Barney. Family Cow, who finished in eighth, ended last season very well. Um, Family Cow is such an interesting team because we always have this expectation from them. You know, they had that 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 one season where they almost qualified for for the Europa League and 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 had players like uh, Tony Martinez and and Pedro Gonçalves. Um, they've always signed interesting players. They've always had interesting players on their books. Um, we always have high hopes for them, but they they can be inconsistent. Um, I have to say, I, I'm putting my neck out on the line and saying I do expect them to have a good season. For me, this team will be a candidate for the top six. Uh, some of those signings, Barney, I might miss out a couple, so fill in any that, that I miss out on. Uh, they signed the winger from Francisco Mora from Braga. He was on loan with them last year and they made that permanent. Again, a million euros. That's a, that's a big free for a club like Family Cow. Um, Henry Carajo, the striker from, from Benfica, that's a big signing, you know. A player that Benfica had really high hopes for. A player that I think at times a lot of people thought would be as good, if not better, than Gonzalo Ramos. His career hasn't quite gone the way he would have hoped, but he's got a good club at loan uh, in the Primera Liga. Alex Dobre, the, the Romanian, they made permanent. They signed a young centre-back from Flamengo, 21 years old, called Otavio. Could be an interesting player. And then, like I said, we're talking about interesting signings. Justin De Haas, a Dutch centre-back who they signed from a Croatian club, you know. And and for me, the pick of all the peak family cow signings, shall we say, Otso Limata, a 19-year-old Finnish attacking midfielder signed from the Finnish league. It doesn't get more family cow than that, does it? 
No, I mean, I mean, I think the thing with all these players is they're around the twenty-year-old mark, aren't they? I mean, that must be the average age of all their signings. Um, the other ones I'd add is that, um, well, I think the first thing is those securing those loan signings on permanence, particularly Otavio Dobra and Mora, who were um really good at the end of last season. You know, they really sort of came in there and got their spot in the starting eleven and sort of were the were the standout performers for for Famalicao. That's been that's been um absolutely crucial. And then if we're looking at you know their departures, um. Uh, Alexandra Penetra, who we were obviously sad to see to go AZ out, but an excellent move for him. Um, they've seemed to have replaced him in Nathan, um, the Brazilian right back from Santos, who was at Boa Vista a couple of seasons ago. And, and when he was at Boa Vista, seemed to be a really decent player. So look, they've been well, a classic family transfer. And they've been very, very active. Lots of players coming in. Um, I, But the, the, the key area for me is the fact that those, those transfers from last season who were successful, they've secured and then they've added a few more. So um, uh, we, I think there's going to be some real gems in this team. And it feels like, I don't know, I feel like I said this last year, but it feels like they're going somewhere, right? It feels like, you know, <laughs> they've, they've, they're really drilling down into that model of buying young, interesting players. And I think, you know, it looks like 75% of the time it, it seems to be working out for them. Uh, and, and then and then they're able to make money from their investments. You know, we've seen players at the, at the part of this, this window. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm excited for Family Car. I think there's some exciting young players in that team who have come in, and I can't wait to watch them. Yeah, and I, with Family Car, it's always the same thing. It's always about whether they can sustain form over a full season. If they can, I think this will be a team that can really challenge a club like Pretoria. And also, just lastly, worth mentioning that they've not only added to the squad, but but kept some key players as well. You know, they lost the likes of of Penetra, who I think Fun was battery. probably Yeah, exactly. So there are there are players that who have left. And of course, we haven't mentioned even Jaime yet, who mm. is currently on strike as a player. I think he's waiting for his uh his move to be finalized. That'll be a nice cash injection for them though. Um but look, there's still good players on the books. Luis Jr., the goalkeeper, I know impressed a lot of people. Richielli, the centre back, the captain impressed a lot of people. Zaidu Youssef central mm. midfielder. Uh, so there's lots of good players still on the books. And I do think this could be a positive season. Gerard Pedro Souza is in charge. He's achieved good things with them before. There's a little bit more consistency again with the manager. So things are kind of adding up, Barney. I think the pieces could be falling into place slightly. You know, this show is all about making predictions, making calls. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I do think this will be a positive season. So Family Cal for me, a team definitely worth keeping an eye on. Um, perhaps at the other end of the spectrum in terms of optimism, Barney, the team that finished below them last season, uh, Boa Vista. Now, it seems like for the last two or three years, they've they've started the season under some kind of financial cloud. Um, there's always rumours of financial instability. Those were, were, I guess, proved right this summer quite dramatically as, as Reggie Cannon, the American right-back who was I think quite a big signing for them and, and a player that they hoped to be a, a, a big financial asset for them rescinded his contract um, after he uh, proved that he hadn't been paid and was therefore you know in breach of contract and was um, has rescinded and is a free player so that, you know that was a kind of a big moment which which, which showed you that all is not well at Boa Vista um, I don't think they've signed a single player. Therefore, it seems I don't know whether there's an official transfer ban or whether they're just not signing players because of the financial situation that they're in. There's been some departures as well. Mangus that we mentioned went to Pretoria, although 
one million euros in the bank will help with any financial difficulties they might be in. But free agents that are left Barney, Yusuf G, the striker who seemed to be the only player who could score for them really last year. Kenji Gore, the winger who, who was really positive at times. Um, they Brackley, the goalkeeper, decided to retire. So they've lost key players. They haven't signed new players and they don't look to be in a position to really add to their squad. Um, it seems negative, Barney. Am I missing anything or, or, or are you inclined to agree? Well, one thing that surprised me was sort of looking back at last season was that um, only the top four scored more goals than Boa Vista last season. <laughs> well, they managed, <laughs> they seemed to just score loads of worldies, didn't they? Yeah. They seemed yeah. to score. But I think the pattern is which we've, you know, we've even seen with Peter Musa, you know, they have a decent striker, he departs. Uh, it was in G last season, he's now departed. And now they've sort of seemed to be um, putting their eggs on a. Um, Bosnick, the striker who they had on loan from Feyenoord last season, but um, they've they've settled his um, option to buy fee, which is close to a million uh, euros. So that's quite significant for them. Um, but I, you know, the limited opportunity he got last year, I, I don't know enough if he, if he'll be able to deliver the goals this season. I think very much for Boa Vista, it's going to be looking at those younger players. Right, we saw a couple of glimpses of Martin Tavares uh, last year. I think. Um, Tiago Machado as well got on a, a one game as well and had showed a flash of something uh, exciting. So there's those players from their youth academy, their youth teams. Um, Cristiano Fitzgerald, the the Irish French, um, I forgot what else, uh, what other country <laughs> he could play for, but um, a really interesting player who we we, we sort of um, heard about. But he's been promoted from the the youth team as well. So I think Petit. I think the point with the 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 the, the goal statistic I said at the beginning there was the sort of you know, let's not forget that this Bovista team under Petit can be positive, can be creative. You know, they're, they're, you know look at the wingbacks, Bruno and Yamichi, who's still there currently, Pedro Maiera as well. Arguably, like, two of the best fullbacks in the league on their day. You know, they had some great moments uh, last season and they're still there. So, look, there's going to be a lot of change. Well, there's going to have to adapt. Petit's going to have to perhaps look to those youngsters who I mentioned to to be those goal scorers or, or bring spark. But then let's not forget, you know, Makuta and Perez in midfield, excellent professionals, you know, really um, solid central midfielders. Uh, Lorenko as well can pop up, pop up with a worldie occasionally on the wing. They've also got um, Salvador Agra as well, a very useful player in this league. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's always hard to sort of look past the financial instability and the horrendous ownership or uh, that they're under. Um, and uh, but you know, we, we I think one thing that surprised us at, at moments last season was you know these 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 gems of players and the, these these flashes of brilliance that we sometimes see some for Bovista. So that that would be the yeah that would be the thing to sort of carry forward this season. I think also just lastly worth mentioning the manager Petit who. Um seems to be something of a, of a survival specialist because, you know, Bovista have been in um, in difficult positions in the last few years, but he seems to be able to manage through that instability, keep his team kind of focused and grounded and grind out results because, you know, they haven't been relegated yet despite having difficulties for the last few seasons. I think the fact that he's still there could be one of their biggest assets for survival because, you know, to be relegated from this league, obviously there are teams with poor quality, but then the last few seasons we've also seen teams with with instabilities in terms of managers and and, and ownership. So just having that managerial stability gives them something that perhaps other teams won't have um, and could see them survive. So both of us, I think, worth they're worth monitoring for the whole season because, you know, 
their season is not going to be defined on one or two games. It's going to be about overall form, getting points against teams in and around them in the table. And I think, you know, there's a team with players with experience in that team. So I think those those things will be will be to their to their advantage. Um, well, a team we enjoyed watching so much last season, and, and, and I've put a smile on a lot of people's faces, Casapia uh, finished just below Burvista. Um, their season was really a season of two halves, a very bright start. They took the lead by storm, this newly promoted team with a really nice story, playing really good football, uh, who were in and around the, the Europa League, Europa Conference League places for quite a long time. Unfortunately, ran out of steam towards the end of the season. I think a lack of squad depth sort of caught up with them uh, when it came to injuries and things like that. Um, but nonetheless, the season's be, to be very pleased with. Um, I don't personally see them making huge strides forward. I don't think they've they've drastically improved, although I don't think really they were aiming to finish in the Europa League. They were aiming to, to survive and to build a good team. So in that sense, uh, I don't think it's been a, a bad window at all. Uh, not too many signings of note other than uh, Fernando Andrade, who people might remember from from being a Porto player, a winger, who giant, saw in signs on a, as a free agent, um, and and their only really big departure because they do have some players who could leave, uh, but their only big departure was was Kunimoto, Japanese second midfielder, who I liked a lot. Uh, he's left the club, but they still have players like Leonardo Lello. They still have players like Xavier Godwin. Um, they still have my favourite player, Rafael Martins, up front. So it can't all be bad, Barney. Yeah, no, and I'd add to that, you know, Clayton, the the younger Brazilian striker who um, had sort of started to replace Rafael Martins in the starting line towards the end of the season and got a few goals. Um, the securing of Yuki Soma on, on, on it looks like loan again, but once again he was a you know really good winger to play at the other side of the pitch from Xavier Godwin. You know that you know for hearing those players that you mentioned there, Albert. You know it, it doesn't feel like they're well. They're certainly not. Um, worse than last season, I think. If anything, you know, they were... the thing with Felipe Martins, right? He has a very, he has his system. He has quite a rigid style of play. Um, you know, everyone knows their job. They're quite quick on the counter press, um, and I think that will be their strength. You know, that they've had the stability in terms of the team. The backline hasn't been disturbed at all. Basically, um, they perhaps improved it by the signing of a Lazabul, the Spanish right back from Real Zaragoza, um, and yeah, so. You know they can build on that. Felipe Martins will have another. He's had his, his first season in the top division. He can, you know, now that he's got that bit more experience, and then I'm I'm quietly positive. If anything, Albert, I think they're they, you know, they had the potential to push on that a little bit further because there was a really good team in there. Um, you know, they got young players as well. That um, my favorite player is probably Benny, the midfielder, who came in halfway through of last season and managed to sort of cement his space in the starting eleven. He sort of replaced Barrow in that team, if you if you remember. So yeah, there's a there's a there's a good team there, I think, and I I really rate Felipe Martins the manager. I think he's 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 an excellent manager, and I, I'm excited to see what he can do with Caspia this season. Yeah, yeah, spot on to mention the manager Barney. You know, he's the the man behind the the ethos. That this team saw this team do so well. So with him still there, you know they could hope for more good performances and and and, and more good football. Um, well, we're mo- we're moving further down the table now, more into the to the to the second half of the table. Uh, and Vizela, who a fairly new team to the Premier League, played some good football. Have, have had some good results, um, but not really troubled the the top part of the table in the in the last two years that they've been in in the top division. In contrast to Casapia, Barney, they, they seem to improve as the season went on. Um, although, like I said, they've really got up towards the top top six, seven. They haven't significantly changed 
the squad over the summer, but they do have a new manager in Pablo Villar, a 36-year-old Spanish manager making his first uh, his first job in senior men's football, I believe. Uh, so he's really an unknown quantity, and I think that brings uh, a certain unpredictability to to Vizela this season because you know appointing a manager like that could go could go one of one of two ways. Um, obviously, we hope it goes it goes well. Um, only real departure of note, I think Kiki uh, left for Russia. He was he was a good player for them, and it was Magic's a striker. Uh, his loan didn't didn't uh, wasn't renewed. So, you know, but with teams like Vizela Barney, we're starting to get to the area where these players that we we enjoyed last season, we didn't really know them when they arrived. So they've probably got new players coming in who will be these new promising players. And you know, in a few weeks' time, so we'll be raving about a few of these these signings that we we're not too sure on the moment. Yeah, well, they've um they've signed a, a few players to play to sort of fill that was magic hole. Uh, Samuel Sende, uh, French centre forward from uh, the second division in France, and um, Jardel uh, from Firenze in the second division in Portugal. I think Jardel um, banged in a few goals there last season, so it'll be interesting which one of them two starts up top, if not both of them. But my one is uh, Rafael Bustamante, the Colombian player from Deportivo Cali in Colombia, just because um, I, when I saw this transfer, I had no idea who he was. I watched a few videos on YouTube, completely <laughs> taken by the guy. Um, but not only that, you know, digging a little bit deeper, there was uh, there's some there was a little bit of hype around this midfielder. You know, seems to be very much a box to box, not afraid to put a tackle in, very uh, very energetic. So yeah, he he'll be a, a player to keep an eye on. But I think you saw the era. But I think Vizela are a really interesting team. You know, they they've got a great fan base, always strongly supported. We really enjoyed watching them when we have for the last few seasons, and they've always managed to. Uh, uh, you know, there's always there was always some talent in there. I I, I always looked at them in the field, really. You, you know, the likes of Gozu, who sadly departed, Cordomir as well, the the um, experienced Brazilian. He's he's left as well. So it's just Samu there. But I think Samu, the uh, the sort of attacking midfielder, he's a really good player, and he's probably my favorite player to watch in that in that Vizela team. So the fact they've still got him is always a good thing. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see how they fare under their new manager. Yeah, and I you know I've seen I've seen sort of on, on Twitter and stuff, a, a few people have uh, are worried about Vizela, shall we say, and perhaps they might be punching a bit above their weight because, you know, it's worth saying that Vizela are a fairly small team and, and they are punching above their weight pretty much by being in the Premier League. That said, they've they've survived the last two years by playing football uh, in a good way with a good ethos and they do seem to have, you know, a vision behind how their team team will be set out so I like the team a lot I think you know it, they might not set the league alight this season but I think they do have good quality there and, and I want to end this Vizela section by just flagging one of my favourite players in, in the league as a whole that's Kiko Bondoso who um, just captured my imagination for you know perhaps people listening to this show for the first time this season or following the league for the first time this season might be unaware Vizela were a team that went from the third division to the first division uh, with two successive promotions and, and largely the same squad and Kiko Bonnoza was a player who joined them in the third division had never really played I don't think he'd ever played hard in the second division certainly never played hard in the first division and, and uh, really impressed me in the Premier League a real quality player lovely left foot he's a sort of a winger attacking midfield playmaker that kind of player uh, a Louis Medeiros type if you like and uh, really for me is the kind of epitome of what Vizela are you know this 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 team that have risen through the the ranks by playing good football and and sticking to uh, what they believe in and it's it's done them well so far. So despite the fact that they they don't have the strongest squad in the division and, and they've got this this new un, untested manager, 
there's always going to be that part of me that just hopes that they can uh, continue to to punch above their weight and defy the odds. Um, Rio Ave then, Barney. Tricky one with Rio Ave. It's similar to Bovista. I don't know whether they have a transfer ban or are just not signing players because I don't believe they have signed a player. Um, in fact, I don't think they've done very much in, in the transfer market at all, even in terms of departures. Although not being able to sign players, as I'm assuming they can't, has been a slight positive because it also means they've refused to let go of a couple of of key players. I'm thinking about Guga, the midfielder, who we thought might go to, to Porto. And Costinha as well, I think, was also linked to Porto. They used the, the right wing back. Um, so I'm not even really sure where to start with Ruab because, you know, they obviously nothing has really changed and they were decent last year but it's a bit of a cliche but you do just always have that feeling that when a team's not really signing players that if you're if you're stationary if you're not moving forward if you're not adding to the team if you're not improving then in real terms you're moving backwards so perhaps there could be a few question marks over we have the season maybe we should we be worried yeah well they've got this transfer ban for a lack of fees paid for a player a couple of seasons ago but that means they're not able to sign anyone until um January, uh, this January transfer window. So yeah, that very much means they're they're keeping on to every player they can. I'm surprised Albert, that there hasn't been um, you know, I'm surely Google must have had a, a release clause or something like that. But but they've got 26 players, so they they you know maybe one or two did left. They still have enough to field, you know, have a full uh, a full squad. I mean, yeah, look, Lewis Free has got his work car. Um, he did a a good job keeping him up last year. You know, they've got they're very sort of stayed clear of trouble. For most of the season, uh, never sort of look in danger of uh, getting relegated. But they had a couple of lone players in. Um, Baeza, the young Spanish player, was sort of quite an important player in that midfield. So, without those lone players, they're very much looking at the you know the, what they've got now, and so they'll they'll have to do the best with that. It's a quite an old squad. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of long shots. You're right to mention Costino. I like um. Uh, Fabio Ronaldo on the the other the left hand side the the left wing back he sort of uh, sort of came into his own towards the end of last season. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a, it's going to be a tough old season for them because they'll 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 have to very much hope that they can survive the first half and they, you mm. know it's um you know Luis Fri is a decent manager though I think he you know he's he's he put together a, quite a, a handy team you know they're they're, they're no mugs so um. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll hopefully be all right, but it's it's you know if you can't sign players, it does feel like a massive disadvantage. Yeah, I'm not too worried about them to be honest, just because they do have a good squad and a good manager. But I just think you know, I don't think they're likely to really make any dramatic moves towards the top end of the table or, or, or excite us too much. But I think they'll be fine. Um, and just the below them, Barney team we've alluded to a couple of times. Gilles Vicente, obviously, season before last. For, qualified for Europa Conference League, lost a load of players and had a fairly disappointing season down towards the lower end of the table. Uh, it's been all changed this summer with quite a few new faces brought in and a new manager, Vito Campelos, the former Shavs manager, came in. Um, so I think they're kind of bringing the the, the spark back again, Barney. I, f- I feel a little bit excited about Percent. You know, they've made some some decent signings for decent fees. Uh, Jesus Castello, uh, a defensive midfielder from Peru, Signed for 1 million euros. Exciting signing. They signed Rocco Batterino, a striker from Ferrich Varos, for 600 grand. They signed uh, a Swiss defensive midfielder from Poland called Maxime Dominguez for 200k. Now, I don't know much about these players, but it does kind of show that they're, they're spending money. That money, of course, came in no small part from the 10 million euro fee that they got for Fran Navarro from Porto, although he is 
a big loss. So, you know, they've had this this summer where they've had this big influx of money. Um, they've spent a lot of it. They're trying to, to improve the squad. They've got a new manager in who I quite like and I think did good things with Shavs. Um, so like I said, Barney, I just can't help but feel a little bit optimistic about Gil Vicent this year. I'm starting to get that buzz back. Well, yeah, I mean, there's been a there's been a few a huge overall of players, haven't there? But that that was that was needed, you know, when they when they got into the the Europa Conference League uh, spots a couple of seasons ago, they failed to act, they failed to sign anyone, and I think that's really why they sort of struggled so much last season. There was just you know, there just wasn't enough in that team, um, and a lot of those players have departed now, and they've got fresh faces in, which is vitally important because they really did need a a, a refresh. Um, yeah, I'm interested in a few positions, Albert. I think the centre-back, you know, obviously Thiago Araujo, um, Araujo had such a good season on loan from Benfica last year. Um, I'm not sure exactly who's that player to to fill that, that gap, although um, they have signed um, Martin Neto, a central midfielder on loan from Benfica. So I wonder if he can have as success in, in that team as uh, Thiago did last year. Um, but a couple of other loan signings, uh, Leonardo Buta on loan from Udinese, uh, Portuguese left back, 21 years old, and um, Tijani Torre, a left winger from Feyenoord. Um, both could be exciting players, young players to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like you, but I'm optimistic. You know, I, I'm hoping we can see the best from the players they've got there. You know, look at the likes of Maria, the winger, Fujimoto as well. Um, uh, Andrew, the goalkeeper, still there, who was arguably one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper in the league last year. He's still there currently. So, you know, there there are lots of reasons to be positive for Jovison, and I'm hoping they can bounce back from. Because let's be frank, last season was an absolute car crash. I think it was a mm. disastrous season for them. Really, really disappointing. So, yeah, I'm really hoping they can be back to the attacking, exciting Jovison we we know from a few seasons ago. Yeah, I mean, one one thing we've said about a few of these teams is is the importance of keeping. Uh, key players. So Kandi Fujimoto is still there, Japanese attacking midfielder who has been there for I think this is his third season now. You know, he was one of the great players when they qualified for the conference league. He stuck around. He was on a few players he wasn't sold, didn't have his best season last year. So we hope he can get back uh to good form. And then an interesting one, Barney, is that they brought back Zay Carlos, the right back. So Zay Carlos was their right back again when they qualified for the conference league. He was on loan from Praga. Then made the very strange decision. I don't know how it came about, but he didn't go back to Gil Vicente. He didn't stay at Braga. He was loaned out to, I think it was the second division in Spain with Ibiza. Yeah. Ibiza. So it was a very strange move. It didn't work out. And then he sort of came back for the second half of last series at last season at, at Gil Vicente. So they'll be hoping that they can get the best out of him again because he was genuinely in that season qualifying for the Conference League, I think, the best right back in the league that year. And they're in the very strange situation, Barney, of having two goalkeepers who would probably start for most teams in this league in Andrew and Stanislav Criccio. Um, I don't know why they need both, but they've got both. And who knows, maybe one of them will be gone by the end of the window. But oh, the buzz is back, Barney. I'm feeling it. I'm on the Zilver Cent hype train. I'm hoping they can have a positive season. I'm not going to put any pressure on it. I'm not going to say Conference League. I just want to see them playing good football. I want to see them you know, bringing these interesting players and, and, and winning games and, and the manager getting them, them playing well again. So... I'm hoping for positive things uh, for Gilles Vicente this season. Now, Estoril is is a really interesting one. Estoril prior finished just below them in the table. Estoril really struggled last season. They had high hopes at the beginning of the season. They had Verissimo, the former Benfica and Benfica B coach, come in. You know, they had these young players and we thought, you know, this could be the perfect blend. It could be a young manager with this young team uh, achieving great things. Well, 
It didn't happen. Estoril were in really, really poor form. They couldn't win a game for love nor money. They sacked a manager and, and, and you know, they they survived basically because there were three teams or four teams poorer than them. Um, and, you know, on the face of it, it's not been a great window because not only were they poor last season, but they've also sold their three best players in Francisco Geraldo, who left as a free agent. Well, I say sold. Thiago Gouveia's loan ended. He's now back at Benfica. And then they sold Thiago Santos uh, to Lille, the right back. He was a great young right back. And he went to Lille for 6.5 million euros. So a great sale. But I was worried that, you know, this was a poor team who had sold good players and not done much in the transfer market. But Barney, since then, and again, you know, the only thing, we're, we're trying to be honest about the fact that we've recorded this once before. The only thing that I'm going to actually say differently from the first time we recorded this is that I've seen people online saying they're feeling quietly optimistic about Estoril Price. I'm interested to see if you agree. Some of those signings, they've got Rafik Gaitan in, a playmaker. Hey, Roberto Tavares, a winner from Family Cow. Alejandro Marquez, a striker from Juventus. They brought in Jordan Holsgrove, who did well with Passos, despite being relegated. So there have been signings. There have been interesting players. And of course, the man in a hat is back in the league, Alvaro Pacheco, uh, everyone's favourite flat cap wearing manager who was sacked by Mazzello, is back in the league of Estoril. So who knows? Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too much of a downer. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about with, with some of these signings. I wasn't very optimistic about them, but there does seem to be, in general, some optimism about this team. Yeah, certainly. I think um you know they've they've revitalized the team. Um, I, I'm excited for that midfield of Holsgrove, uh, Coyne, Drudy as well, the, the French centre midfielder they've signed on loan from Valencia. Um, and then, you know, Rodrigo Gomez on loan from Braga. I think those are the great, great loan signings. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, I don't know, I, I, I think I, there's been a, a, a big enough change. You know, there, there, there was always going to, to be frank, I don't think it could have got much worse than last season. So I think they were always going to be slightly better this season. Um, I know they weren't near the relegation, but it just it was with so much hope and and positivity around that team. I thought there was real opportunity for them to do something. So I'm hoping this year will be that step forward. I'm really interested to see Mangala play uh, back back in the league, having not played football for a year. But that's uh, you know, we know how good he is as a player if, in his heyday. So whether he can be um anywhere near that will be really interesting uh yeah i i've i've got a high hopes for Ashtar, but i think there's a there's a real exciting squad and uh there's some good players there yeah i think a big part of this will be their mindset right can they get in a positive mindset can they get that self-belief back because if they can i think this is a squad capable of at the very least having a perfectly comfortable season in the Premier league whether or not i'm quite on this hype train that some people are that they could be an outside dark horse for the top six. I personally am not going to quite go that far and say that, but I think the quality that in this is in this squad is is enough to survive definitely. And with a good manager and and, and some good form, uh, maybe they could you know have a little go at the top half of the table and and prove a few people wrong, which I would be would be more than happy to see. Um, all right, but well, lastly of the, of the teams from last season's Premier League. Portimonense finished in the last safe space in the Premier League. Now, my initial thoughts, Barney, they were a very poor team last season. Um, they were very lucky not to be relegated. Like I said, there just happened to be three worst teams in the last year, so I think they got very lucky. Um, I think they'll struggle to to survive again this season. I, I think, you know, they've not really 
signed anyone of 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 note again. They've lost Fahad Mufi, the 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 right back who's gone off to Croatia. They've lost Lucas Fernandez, an attacking midfielder. Um, I'm trying to remain unbiased, Barney, but I'm sure as you know, a few of the listeners like to have a little laugh and a joke on on live with me. But I'm not a big Porto Fernandez fan. Well, look, they've still got Nakamura, who was my team goalkeeper team of the season. <laughs> um, Felipe Realves as well is still there. Pedro. They've got a few players. Um, They've brought in a, f- a few interesting signings, as as they quite often do, that I don't know much about, but could be interesting. I'm looking at the likes of Sylvester Jasper, uh, the ex-Fulham player, the uh, Bulgarian winger, and Paulinho as well, who's um was a striker who got quite a few goals in the first half of last season for, I think it was Australia that Amadora, sorry, um, um, but then went moved to Norway. They've brought him on loan. Uh, to to lead the line potentially another and an Ecuadorian and Ronnie Carrillo who could be get goals. Look, I, I it, it's a, a much of a muchness, isn't it? Because they've got um, Paolo Sergio, and you never know with him. You know, he, he he's done it year after year. He's managed to grind out their survival. Um, it could be. Uh, I imagine it being quite a a long season for them. <laughs> you know, we've we've struggled to watch their games in, in the past. Um, but and but the thing that they 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 need. Yeah, the goal scorer last season, and they didn't really have that. So whether Paulinho or Ronnie Carrillo can be that player, we'll we'll have to see. But yeah, <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't no, be surprised they survived that. But that's that's the thing with Portman ends. You never know. Absolutely, look, Paolo Sergio has not got them relegated yet. And and in all seriousness, I mean, I I do joke about them being a poor team. I think my my slight dislike of Portman is because because I do actually like this team and and I do want them to do well. And I think they just. They do struggle sometimes, and, and sometimes the football's not very inspiring. They've signed a young English winger, as you said, Sylvester Jasper. He will have our full backing on this podcast. You know, one thing people accuse us of is being biased towards English players, and they're absolutely right. And he will be another one that gets our support. So we hope the best for him. And look, if Portsmouth ends defy the odds and have a great season, I will be the first to praise them because deep down, uh, I've got a little soft spot for them, but they just continue to let me down, Barney. Um, so let's see if they can uh, they can do better this year. Well, look, that just brings us then to the last three teams of the Primera Liga that make up the 23-24 season. Three new teams, Barney. Just like last year, three teams promoted now if anyone's unfamiliar, there is a relegation playoff between uh, the team in 16th place in the in the Premier League and the team in third third place in the Segunda Liga. Um, so obviously there's a possibility that only two teams will come up. Every year since the playoff has been introduced, the Premier League team has been relegated. So we've had three new teams. Now, this year, two teams that we're quite familiar with, who have been in the Premier League quite recently, have come up in Morarens and Ferenz. And there are some new boys in uh, Estrella de Amadora who are... Uh, interestingly, are co-owned or at least invested in by former Manchester United player Patrice Evera. So these teams are the teams we know least about, of course, Morrowinds and Ferenz, we're, we're familiar with from their time in the Premier League. Um, we won't go too in-depth on these teams because we're not Segunda Liga experts. Um, but Barney, I don't know if you've got any just initial thoughts on, on these three teams and what we can expect. You know, Morrowinds, Ferenz will be hoping that their Premier League experience will will uh, help them survive. And I think all three teams will be buoyed by the fact that for the last two seasons in a row, no newly promoted team has been relegated. So who knows, maybe we can make that three years out of three. Yeah, I mean, Morins were, well, they won, they won the league last year and then by quite a margin, they were 10 points ahead of second place 
uh, for ends, um, they had the most goals scored, 20 more than um, the second place, and, and they had the least goals conceded. So they had an excellent campaign last season. Um, and that was all under the manager of uh, Paolo Alves. Um, but bizarrely, he was uh, decided not to continue with them this season um, with three games left to play of last season once they secure the title. So it's um, uh, Rui Borges, a sort of younger manager who um, hasn't had experience in the, the top division, but has had experience in Portugal for a little while. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Um, they very much started the transfer window with uh, quite a small squad due to the amount of loan signings they had last year. Uh, I think 11 players turned up on the first day of training, but they've managed to bring some of those loan signings back permanently. Um, key players like Kodisang, um, the 23-year-old uh, South African winger who they signed permanently from Braga. He looks like a really exciting winger. Um, they've got uh, they brought in the defensive improvements in the likes of Marcelo, the 34-year-old experienced Portuguese centre-back, ex-Passos Ferreira player. Uh, Maracas as well, another ex-Passos de Ferreira player. Um, and then in midfield, they've got the likes of Goncalo Franco, who's uh, been with them a little while, 22-year-old Portuguese midfielder. He could be one to keep an eye on. And Lawrence Afuri. Um Look, I'm gonna with all these teams out. I'm gonna name players to keep an eye on. But there is an excellent article uh, on FlashScore.pt by um, Mario Rui Ventura, who um, lists five players to keep an eye on from the promoted teams. Um, Kodisang. So I recommend all our listeners uh, read that. But Kodisang is is the one he rec- uh, who stands out for him from our ends. Um, friends. Uh, we're in an interesting position uh, there under the managership of Jose Motta, who came in around February last year for no apparent reason. Um, they decided to make the managerial change, even though they were fighting uh, for the top spot at that point. But he managed to get them into second place and promoted. Um, they've lost a few key players. Albert Abner, the left back, has gone to Belgium. And uh, Pedro Henrique, their top also the striker, who uh, yeah, really was one of the best players in the league, uh, league of Salzburg last year. He's moved to Poland. So they brought in the likes of Bruno Durate, um, ex-Vittoria uh, player, to be their main striker. Um, interesting players elsewhere on the pitch, Rafael Barbosa, ex-Tondea player. Um, Marco Matias, a 34-year-old left winger who was did so well for them last year. Um, they look all right. Uh, I think it will be an interesting season for them. They've got to... I think it's going to be another struggle because last time they were up, they really did... Uh, find it quite hard I think at this level so we'll have to see yeah. how they do and then with Australia um, a team who I didn't know much about I wanted to dig a little deeper in them because yeah they're, they're quite a historic team um, the, the club folded 12 years ago but in 2020 they merged with club uh, Sintra uh, f- uh, which enabled them to to rise back up and obviously you mentioned the uh, the investment from the likes of Patrice Ever um, he's talked about it and and, and the manager uh, Sergio Vieira has said as well that this, this wasn't part of their plan. They had a two-year plan and they got promoted a year early. Um, so they're, they're sort of uh, punching above their weight, as it were. But the whole thing is with, I think, Australia and, and Sergio Vieira, the manager, is that they, you know, they're, he's not afraid to give young players a chance. You know, in an interview I read, he, he spoke about how he, they're in a position, as as most Portuguese clubs are, where you, you can't acquire the quality you need. You have to look at the players with potential and work on them to get them up to the the level you want them to be. So he's certainly done that with with some players. Yeah, I look at the likes of Gasper, a 25-year-old Angolan centre-back, who looks really good. Um, the Ronaldo Taveras was their sort of highest goal scorer. Um, and then they've uh, they've got a, a, a winger in um, Regis Endo, a 22-year-old Malayan winger who um, 
was at Real Betis Academy a few years back. So you know they've got young players in there. They've 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 tried to add some experience. They've brought in Pedro Sarr from Portsmouth to sort of come in midfield. Leo Jabber, an exciting Brazilian winner who's played in Russia and has previously been at Pauk. So they've they've been active. They've tried to improve the squad, but it's going to be once again it's going to be a tough one for them because this was a a promotion a year too early, let's say. But I'm excited to watch them play, particularly under manager Sergio Vieira. I think he looks like an interesting character and. Uh, some interesting teams coming up to say the least. Yeah, I love that detail. But I heard it in, actually in an interview with Patrice Everwhere, he was too honest and said, we did not expect to be promoted. And I think if I was an Australia fan in that moment, I would be a little bit worried, but I'm sure they've got their act together. Just two things for me, Bonnie. These are actually both managerial points. This, the Australia manager you mentioned, Sergio Vieira, those who uh, followed Forens the last time, the Premier League will be familiar with him because he was, of course, the Forens manager. Last time friends were in the uh, Primera Liga. And Jose Motta, the current friends manager, the man who took over when, you know, we assumed they were they were fine, but didn't think they needed a manager. Barney, do you know where we're going to remember him from last season? Uh, is it uh, Marisimo for a week? The other relegated team, Passos de Ferreira, when they had Cesar Pachotto, didn't win a game oh, yeah, for 12 yeah, yeah. games, sacked their manager, brought in Jose Motta. He also didn't win a game. They then sacked him and brought back Cesar Pachotto. So he will have unfinished business in the <laughs> Primera Liga. So he's one to keep behind. Well, look, that brings us to the end of a mammoth season preview. We really hope that has been uh, informative. We hope you learned something about all those teams that will be competing in the Premier League season, especially big thanks to Barney for doing those newly promoted teams. Just lastly, Ben Barney, as is tradition, we want to end with a bit of fun. And that is, of course, our predictions for the Premier League season. Last year, we predicted our top six, our bottom three, our top scorer, player of the season and surprise team with... How can we put it, Barney? Some very, very mixed results. So uh, we like to put our neck out on the line on this podcast. We don't shy away from making big calls. We're going to do the same thing this year. And then right at the very end of the season, we're going to return and have a look at just how badly we got this wrong. So, Barney, I don't know whether you want to go first, just really quickly with your top six on the Premier League and a few reasons why. Yeah, and can I just say, I've still got the post-it note from last week when we recorded this the first time, so I haven't changed it. <laughs> We're not allowed still... to change. We haven't changed. That is a guarantee. Even though we've seen a few games, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my top six are Benfica, Braga, Porto, and Sporting. Then in the other European spots, Vittoria and Estrel Prior. So, look, things I've got to say quickly. It's, um, it's Barney's the on top... the Estrel hype train. I am on the Estrel hype train. I am, actually. I think, I don't know, I just... I don't know, maybe it's Jordan Holsgrove. I just got caught up in them a little bit with their transfer deal. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, I think we both talked about Victoria, and I think they'll, they'll hopefully be strong enough to secure fifth spot. Look, I've got the same top four as last season, right? Mm. And I think my reasons behind that is, I alluded to when we were discussing Porto earlier, I see Taremi leaving and I see him that being too big a thing, stumbling block for, for Porto. I think the you know, goals are so important and I think there's not enough in that rest of the team. So that's why I kept them at third. Sporting as well. I'm just, I don't know. I think we saw too many frailties. We haven't seen. I haven't seen enough from Amarin to sort of be filled with confidence that they're going to improve. And and then Braga as well. I got excited by their signings. I don't. The whole thing for me, Albert, is that I think it's going to be a lot closer than last season with all those mm. four teams. And I think there's going to be a few points, one or two between them. So it's going to be a real tight season. Um, but yeah, let's see what you've got. I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, top six. So in order, number one, I've gone for Benfica champions, second place Porto, third place Sporting, fourth place Braga, fifth place Vitoria, and sixth place Family Cow. So starting from the bottom, Family Cow are the team that I think will grab that last European place. We spoke about them. I've just got a feeling that the the pieces are starting to fall together in the right place. Who knows? Um, and then my only change from the other teams then is I've put Sporting up. I'm really sorry, sir. I've just worked out the best analogy for family cow. Isn't it the thing where, like, if you stick a monkey with a typewriter enough times, (laughs) eventually they'll write Shakespeare or something like that? (laughs) So good. (laughs) Um, That's very true. Well, look, this is a year when he's going to write War and Peace. That's not Shakespeare's book, but let's go with it. Um, But yeah, so the only change for me is I put Sporting above Braga. And like you, I completely agree. I think the top four is going to be much closer. And in fact, I think two, three and four will be separated by only, you know, two, three, four points between all three of them. I think those three teams, Porto, Sporting and Braga, is very hard to separate. I put Porto above the other two for the Sergio Consa South factor. And I put Sporting above Braga because we know, Barney, that this top four is always decided by the games that they play against each other. And I just think Braga still haven't quite got that team with as good quality as the other three teams. So I think they'll lose those kind of head-to-head games or drop points in those games. So, But still, I think it will be very close. It's going to be a really good season. Right, let's quickly do the bottom three. Bonus. So this is the teams that we think will finish in the relegation places. Just a reminder, 16th place is a, is a playoff spot, so not guaranteed relegation. And then the bottom two are uh, guaranteed relegation. So who have you gone for? I've got Australia rock bottom um, due to <laughs> everyone saying that it's, it's a bit a year too early. Um, Portman ends next and then Boavista in the relegation playoff spot. And uh, yeah, I think Portman ends, it, it could be the, the, a year too much for them. They've just been flowing with that bottom spot for a while. Boavista as well, I just think they've, um, you know, they're, they're I think the difference between them and Rio Ave and this sort of lack of transfer activity is that I think you know there's they've lost two huge players in in the likes of NG and 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 creative players like Kenji Gore. I think that's where they're gonna they really struggle with goals this season. So I think that's why I've put them there. Yeah, I I don't mind that at all. So my bottom three are sixteenth Portman and seventeenth Forens, eighteenth Estrella. So I think Bovista will be probably fifteenth, and I think it's again the petite factor that will keep them up. Um, Portman ends I think yeah like you probably one step too far and then Forenza in Australia I think Forenza got a pretty weak side to be honest I don't think there's too many Premier League quality players there and Australia again just going off the fact that they, they, they're they a small team who are obviously ambitious but perhaps this could be uh, a bit of a, a big ask uh, at the first time of staying up. Alright then so the last three predictions we're going to make top scorer, player of the season and surprise team. Well, surprise team is a fairly easy one because I think we've both predicted that with our sixth place team. So I've gone for family cow. But Barney, the two big ones, top scorer and player of the season. Now, top scorer might be a, an easy one, but I've gone for Victor Jokeros of Sporting. I think he's ready to have a great season. He looks like he's going to absolutely dominate in this league. And player of the season, I've gone for, there's plenty to choose from. Could have gone Angle Di Maria, but I didn't. Could have gone Pedro Gonçalves, but I didn't. I've gone for Kochu, the new Turkish playmaker from Benfica. I think he's going to be a top, top player. I think he's got that kind of Enzo Fernandez type aura about him. I think he'll be at a top club this time next year. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I've gone different though. I've, my top goal scorer, I've gone Ricardo Horta. 
I just mm. think you know he's uh, he he did it last he's season. Mr. Reliable, Mr. Reliable. He's on free kicks. He's on pens. He's yeah, um, and I think he's playing in that sort of striker position. Probably he'll, he'll get goals. Um, best player, but I've really I've gone for Marcus Edwards. I'm really hoping this will be his season. You know, there's so much to always talk about him moving back to the Premier League at some point, but we need to see that. Uh, we need to see it from him to sort of prove that he's at that level and I think this is this is going to be his year so I've gone for Marcus Edwards to have that that yeah that amazing season I mean what was that I was saying about people saying we're biased towards the English players <laughs> <laughs> mate um, you know when he, on, on his day he is absolutely deadly and absolutely. in all in all seriousness he's, he's a top quality player and I think he knows that he's got his eyes set on a, a big move to a Prem club and He's got to make that happen himself. So I think, in all seriousness, that's a that's not a that's not beyond the realm's possibility at all. Well, look, I think we're going to leave it there after another marathon record, the second time we've recorded this season preview show. But I really, really hope that for everyone listening, this has been a really useful resource that you've learned a lot about the newly promoted teams, that you've learned a lot about some of the smaller teams in this league. And you've got your bearings ahead of what is going to be another fantastic uh, Premier League season. And it's worth saying as well, if, if we had got this out on time, our Patreon uh, subscribers would have got this a little bit early. But also, like the, you know, this this does take quite a lot of work, and obviously, me and Albert are happy to do it. But we really appreciate anyone who's um, you know willing to support us as a podcast and to allow us to keep us going. So yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened. Thank you so much to uh, everyone who signed up to our Patreon page. And thank you to everyone who's supported the podcast this far. We're so excited for another season. We're going to do it all again. Um, if you've enjoyed listening, you can consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You could uh, share the podcast with, with friends that you think might enjoy it. You can head over to our Twitter and, and give it a little retweet on our on our Twitter page. Um, but look, that just leads me to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Yes, yeah, see you next time.